Marina Scorciani. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shy Hearts, welcome to episode 127 of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. We're going to the vault today. Um, we are going way, way back to 2014, season one, our little babies, season one, episode five of Chicago PD. This is called 30 Balloons. Little bitty babies. Such so babies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Such babies. And there's Jen, and there's Antonio, and there's Aaron, and there's Gratishar. And Al. Al. Pour some out for Al. Always. So, as always, we like to start with the news. We've got a little bit, but what we've got is, like, substantial. So, all right. First bit of news. TV Line did the Lord's work the other day, um, and they dropped a sneak peek of Chicago PD 710. 710, as in the mid-season premiere that is set to air on January 8th, a.k.a. the episode after Jay was shot. Yeah, I just I, I'm not okay. Okay, like this has been the most brutal hiatus in one <laughs> Chicago history. It's like every day. It's like text you being like, I'm not okay, blah, blah, blah. Like just like every day, literally every day. Oh, literally every day. And then it's a new headcanon every single day. Most of them are sad because, you know, if you take a look inside my brain, that's just what it is. And I kind of want to make a new shirt for the podcast that just says like, OMG, Gina, stop. <laughs> but actually no it should be like can we not gina that's more what i <laughs> that say. too gina can, can we not <laughs> like it, it's it's killing me it's yeah. killing me and the scene is of yeah. course just like heartbreaking and i just I, I need it to be january 8th well really it needs to be january 9th so that we know he's safe um, it needs to be 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern on January 8th, so then we know he's safe. <laughs> yeah, that we'll go with that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so, like, if we break down the scene, like, we start off, literally, Haley is sitting there with blood on her hands. Haley has Jay's blood on her hands. This is not okay. I know. I, I know. I know. I hate it. I hate it. And so Rojas hands her a coffee and just kind of like offers a hand of comfort. Will comes in. Now, first off, how the hell is Will able to work knowing that like the worst thing that could happen to him is happening to him down the hall? I I know. I I really can't decide. I have no words for this scene. I know. It, it's it's really hard. And something I had said in one of our chats that earned me a Gina Can We Not. Um, I mean, if you if you really think about it, like there's got to be like a teeny little bitty part of Will somewhere in him that like gets kind of nervous every time the doors crash open that always just kind of thinks like, oh, my God, please not Jay, like not today. Don't be Jay. And this time it's Jay. I mean, we have to assume that this isn't the first scene, right? That like. This isn't the ep- this isn't what kicks off the episode, right? No, I don't think it is because we saw in the promo, you know, he gets taken out by ambulance and all that good stuff. But um, I think this is in the beginning of the episode. <sighs> Who was it in our group chat that compared this scene to like them waiting in the waiting room for Al's? <gasps> was it me? Like, that like, sounds like me. I don't know. It was you or Jennifer? Probably. It was not Amanda. But I was just like, I can't even like, oh, just gives me chills even just thinking about it. Oh, it's such a killer. And so Will basically tells everybody he's just like, I just spoke to Dr. Marcel. The bullet grazed an artery. They're still trying to repair it. And that's all I've got now. Okay, if that's his only injury, he got freaking lucky. Oh, yeah, but it, it, it can't be. I have a feeling something's going to go wrong. Like we said, Marcel's going to come in clutch and save the day. But, like, 
something's gonna go wrong before then. No, no. It also makes me really nervous that he was shot in his like left side, like the left side of his chest. Like, are you telling me that bullet is gonna somehow completely miss his heart? It it better. I <laughs> know it better. It did really better. Yeah, yeah. And so Doctor Marcel is trying to repair the artery. Voight just says he's like, "Will is he gonna be okay?" And like Nick Gelfus, you freaking genius. He just like it's like the perfect stare, the perfect amount of despair in his voice, and he's just like he's lost a lot of blood. Like Nick Gelfus. You're adorable, and you're a genius, and I hate you for it. Ugh. Yeah. I'm not okay. I know. I'm not okay. And, like, the thought that I've had this whole week is that, like, I really hope that once he's awake, either Upton or Voight just sort of laces into him and is like, do you not realize that people love you? And, like, you're, what you do is really important, and people need you around. It's not going to be Voight. If anyone, it would be Upton. I don't know. See, I would I would kind of like to see Voight come down on him, especially after 702. 602, I'm sorry. When he got shot and it was he was like, you know, it's my job to keep you alive. Like, you can't keep... Yeah. You can't keep on going and doing dumb stuff like this. It's going to get you killed. Right, but that's not Voight's relationship with Jay. Like, it's just not. <sighs> Have I mentioned if anyone, okay? I think it would be Upton, but I still don't even think it would be that. But who knows? I don't know what up. I don't know where they're gonna go with the Upton stuff, and like Upton's reaction. Like, are they gonna go kind of the more romantic route with it? Or are they not? I don't know. I I hate not knowing, and I hate that they've been hiding Jesse from us on social media. <laughs> Oh my god, the amount of sleuthing that the internet has done to try to find, like, Jesse in anything, and, like, especially those holiday party pictures. I mean, it's intense. It's impressive, too, though. We are a very astute fandom. Yeah. But, like, also intense. I just want to know, like, Jesse, are they feeding you in hiding? Like, are you okay? Are they letting you see the light of day? Like... Yeah, they let him out for an hour to go to the party and then put him back in hiding. They were like, back in hiding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. And then there were those pictures of everybody at Molly's, which I think we theorized is like a football thing, even though, I mean, we could be dead wrong. We don't know what we're saying. We're just trying to rationalize and, like, keep each other sane until January 8th. Part of me hopes it's not, though, because, like, how epic would that be if it's not? Like, I mean, it's going to be epic regardless, because, like, anytime we see them all together, it's great. But if it's not, whatever scene that was is going to be amazing. But also, where was our invite? Right. I want to, yeah, duh. Because, like, everyone's there. Yeah, except for Jesse. Was Taylor there? I didn't see Taylor. Taylor Taylor tends to, he tends to hide from the social media pictures. That's true. That's but true. Also, like, I don't know. It's 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 driving me nuts how Fire is like, oh, yeah, here's Taylor. Don't worry. He's filming, whatever. And PD is like, <laughs> Jesse? Who's Jesse? What's a Jesse? I've never heard of a Jesse in my life. I'm just surprised no one's seen him even, like, out on location or anything like that. They can't be going to that far of a length to secure the cliffhanger, can they? I don't know. They went to that far of links to promote the cliffhanger. But they wouldn't have him hyping it up everywhere if they were just going to kill him, right? No. We're not going back down this rabbit hole again, but no. It's driving me crazy! I know. (laughs) I know. I know. Is it driving you crazy, or are you just, like, way cooler under pressure than I am? I'm trying not to let me, like, I'm trying not to let myself freak out over about it. Like, I, otherwise, it will drive me crazy. And I, if I go there, then I'm never coming out. So, like, I can't go there. This is the worst. Oh, my goodness. I don't even remember feeling this, like, tormented when Burgess was shot. But granted, the hiatus that season was, like, two weeks. Yeah. I just. Yeah, I can't uh, the, go there. The other kicker about F- FBI, because we were just talking about FBI before we started recording. Um, I watch it. Brandon doesn't. But they just had their midseason finale this week. They had their midseason finale this week. They come back the day before when Chicago. 
But did they have episodes off in between? Yeah, they had the last two weeks off. Right, and also they did they have like episodes like One Chicago went straight for nine weeks, which yeah, never happened. Yeah, it hasn't. Right, so there we go. Still, still, <sighs> I can't take it. I just want to know. <laughs> I'll be okay, Gina. We'll know soon. We'll know that he lives. Yeah, we will know. Because we're not going there. He's going to live. Yes. And Marcel's going to save the day and everybody's going to love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> the other <laughs> bit of news we have, thank God, is happy and wonderful because obviously we're not okay. But um, Alberto Resende, our little Blake Gallo, our little Firehouse 51 cinnamon roll has been upped to a series regular on Chicago Fire. I'm so happy about this. Same. I just, oh, I love him so much. Same. He's just <laughs> such a ray of sunshine. I just, I love him so much. I yeah. just, I like, can't even not stop smiling. Like, it just, oh. I, I love it. just want to, like, put him in my pocket next to Baby Yoda and Elmo and other really cute things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I just, I love that he and Daniel and Annie and Miranda are all, like, social media BFFs, like, the dream team. I just, I love it. I, so yeah, I, I do love that he's part of the dream team now. So good. I loved the video they did last week when they were all playing Where's Daniel? And Alberto's just like, Daniel, if you get this, we're looking for you. The amount of times that I've watched that video is insane. <laughs> Like, I probably watch it at least once a day. Like, not gonna lie. I mean, I don't even get, like, I don't even get half of these bits that they do, but they're just so funny. I'm just like, yeah, where is Daniel? He was just the most precious, like, when he said that, he was just the most precious little bean. I was like, oh my god! I know, he really is absolutely precious. Like, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's just like a ray of sunshine. When it's so funny because our friend Rachel, she is a big Shadowhunters fan, and so when she like joined the show, she was like, "It's gonna take you like two seconds to fall in love with him, whatever." And then I remember after I did my interview, she was like, "Did you fall in love with him yet?" And I was like, "Well, he was really nice, but like, you know, at that point we hadn't really seen that much of him, so I was like, eh, not really. Like, I didn't fall in love with him, but now here we are, like, nine episodes in, and I'm like, he is the most precious thing ever. I just love him so much. He really so, is. Yeah, Rachel, you were right." <laughs> We get tweets from the Shadowhunters fans every now and then, and they're just like, we're so happy for him. He's just so wonderful. And we're just like, we know. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for giving him to us. I mean, I know you want your show still on, but like, we're glad he can be a part of our show now. So you can come be part of our show, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So that's all we've got on the news. If you guys see anything or hear anything, you know the deal. Just send it to us. You're really good about that. And so, you know, Twitter, email, however you want to get the news to us, just it's fine. So without further ado, we will move into the episode, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's so, do it. So here's the reason we picked this episode, because way back when we did the Chicago Med backdoor pilot, we had the script for that episode. And I just remember how much fun that one was to do, to like read the script and compare and contrast and stuff. And so we wanted to do it again. And so I found the script for this episode somewhere on the internet about five years ago. Because fun fact, you can pretty much find anything if you Google hard enough. (laughs) You can pretty much Google like show title, script, PDF, and you will be shocked at what you find. Just take my word for it. If reading scripts is your thing, I realize it's not everybody else's thing. I'm a huge nerd and I just love it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. After I saw Baby Driver, the first thing I did when I got home was download the script because nerd. But whatever. So we wanted to do that and compare and contrast. And so this is such an early episode. These little babies. I mean, this was like the show had like just, just premiered in 2014 because this was 105. Yeah. And there's so many, there's other things we've never talked about, too. Like, I don't think we've ever talked about, like, the Voight, Gratishar stuff. I don't think we've ever talked about Wendy. Like, there's some things in here we, that we've never talked about, so I'm excited. We've and never then, like, talked about Wendy, I mean, we have we? Talk, I don't think so. And then, obviously, like, we always like talking about Linstead, so, like, 
you know, there's some interesting stuff to talk about with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh God, it's like fetus instead. They're so young. I know. And baby Josh Sagara is like, he, you can really tell baby Josh Sagara is like baby Josh Sagara. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause this is back in the day when like nobody has died yet. <laughs> Except for Jules. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> so right off the bat, the script the script starts with a scene with Boyd and Maurice, because like who doesn't remember Maurice? The episode starts differently. So the episode starts with Antonio and Jay in the boxing gym. And like, dude, iconic. Iconic. I know. That's a good scene. I feel like in some of these early episodes, this might be a hot take. So, like, don't crucify me too badly for this one. But I feel like in some of the early episodes, a lot of the dialogue feels kind of forced. And in this scene, it definitely does. But also, like, I'm not complaining because the wisecracks between Jay and Aaron are just priceless. Really? You think that? A little bit. In some of the early scenes I do. There's a, there's a scene, it might even be in, like, the episode when Diego was kidnapped. It's early. Like, really, really early. Um, Aaron and Jay are driving in the car, and she says something about the case. And so she's just like, as a soldier, how did you deal with it? And I'm just like, this is just not how they talk now. It's not. Oh, yeah, it's not how they talk now, but I on, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's forced. I mean... I, think, I, I almost feel like in some ways things feel and maybe it's just because there's more playful scenes Mm -hmm. but I almost feel like because of that it feels more natural in some ways that is something this episode has a lot of that I feel like now PD lacks sorely which is the comedy interspersed there's so much comedy and like so many funny lines yeah yeah like even in the first even in this first scene when Jay and Aaron are going back and forth about his like cut off tea and and Jay's like it is that this is appropriate attire for the boxing gym blah 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 like it's just like we don't get that anymore and you don't have to change later when you break dance (laughs) (laughs) right yeah like I miss that like I miss that and so I don't know because of that I almost feel like it feels more playful Mm -hmm. um but I don't know Jazzercise is like a block south (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I miss it. I miss it so much. So Jay asks Antonio, he's like, you know, do I learn from Voight? Do I keep my distance? What do I do? And Antonio is like, yeah, both, both. So, I mean, this is just, they're, they're all so young and they don't know what to do. And just like, they're such babies. Well, and it's so funny though, because you wouldn't think that seven seasons later, we are still having this conversation with Jay. True story. But we are still having this conversation with Jay. Yep. Yep. Wild. It is so wild. So wild. So there's an interesting moment here, too, when when Jay asks him this question, Antonio starts a sentence and he's like, I almost went down the tubes in mice. So like, that's when I stopped judging other cops. I'm sorry. Did they just allude to Antonio's substance abuse problem in episode five of the whole series? <sighs> it's the episode we it's backstory we never needed or we needed but never got. I totally forgot that line was even there. I think I forgot about it, but, like, that would be really interesting if that's where Antonio's substance abuse problem started, and we never got to know that. Yeah, they started in Vice. Who would have thought? I mean, I feel like they brought it back up that one time when Antonio goes back undercover. I think that's in two, three. I know the the episode you're talking about. Because wasn't Laura, like, really worried? No, it had nothing to do with Laura, but, like, it's the one where Voight gets shot, um, and Antonio goes back under covers Diaz, um, and he has this close relationship with a guy who I know is not played by Dustin Diamond, who played Screech on Saved by the Bell, but looks a ton like him. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't... Shit. I think I know the episode you're talking about. They they did talk about that, that, like... But he, like, goes back undercover, and they, like, reference... Antonio's time undercover a little bit, but mm-hmm. like not really. Okay. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, still, that was in season two, and we're in season seven now. So, like, regardless, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Oh my gosh. So 
Lindsay and Justin show up because Justin Voigt is alive and baby oh Josh Segarra. Baby I love- Josh Segarra. I love me some Josh Segarra. Well, really this is do. the very first time we meet Justin, right? No, because he had to get out of jail. And then. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, he gets out of jail, and technically you meet him in fire too, but it's not just a, Josh Segarra. Wait, what? Josh, when. When Justin crashes that car on fire, that it's was not, not Josh. Josh Segarra. No, I don't think so. What? I mean, I'm double checking. I think it's a different actor. Because at the time, they didn't know they were going to spin off into PD. I think they were hoping to spin off into PD. But they didn't know they were going to spin off into PD. Let's see. Hold on. I don't think Josh has ever been on fire. Yeah, no. He was not on fire. Josh has never been on fire. So who played Justin in On Fire? I think some other random dude. What? Yeah. Mind blown. I'd have to go back and find him, but let's see if I can find it. Well, we'll keep talking, but yeah. Okay. So Justin is not liking Jay at all. He's just not, he's not having it. At all. At At all. all. No, not having it. And so later on, Jay and Aaron get back to the district. They discuss Justin's attitude and they roll up to work. So I have a question here. The, based on the timeline that Aaron kind of recites, it sounds like Camille died, like, right before the show started. I don't know. Because she's not... Okay, right before PD started or right before fire started? No, right before PD, because she says she's like, you know, he... His mom died, and then he did a year in jail. And so now he just got out of jail, meaning that Camille probably died, like, a year prior. So you're talking about, like, be- right before fire. Yeah. Because fire happens, he gets the crash, and then a year's passed since then. Does he? Oh, did he go to jail for a year for that on fire? Yeah, that's what he went to jail for. Shit. Because that's why the whole Casey Voight thing, remember, Casey Voight wants him to protect Justin, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's yeah. how that whole happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he went. Yeah. So, I guess so. That would make sense, but I don't know. That's so crazy. Man. So, of course, Jay says, he's like, I don't think it's so much that I'm a cop as much as Justin thinks I'm your boyfriend. And, of course, that leads to the very iconic moment of, like, you wish. No, you wish. Mm-hmm. It's the best. It's the best. And then, of course, the voice just kind of, like, blaring. Not a done. So, elsewhere, Ruzik gets dropped off at work by Wendy. How is Wendy. that for a throwback? TVT. I know. I mean, Flashback Friday when you're listening to this. But, you know, whatever. Wendy, man. That was a... Yeah. Never forget that Ruzik was engaged before Berzik. And then engaged before Wendy. And then engaged before Wendy, yep. Yep. <laughs> so Al meets Wendy even though Ruzik like never mentioned him to her um, because yeah at this point Adam didn't tell her that he was an in intelligence yeah nope That's not at all no so um, go ahead okay side note I found the guy okay so he was played Justin Voigt on that one episode of Fire mm-hmm. was played by a guy named Joe Sinopoli Sinopoli okay. Sinopoli mm-hmm. Um, it's literally, he's been in five things actor-wise and four short. So it's literally the only TV thing he's ever done. Um, and then he's done some editing stuff or he's accredited as an editor on some things. But other than that, that's it. Oh my goodness. Wild. That is so wild. That is so wild. So there's, we get a whole scene with Burgess and Atwater that is in the script, but it's cut out of the episode. And Brian, I think we should just like act out this scene. What do you think? Sure. Okay, let me get to this point of the script. Hold on. Yeah, I gotta scroll. I know, I'm trying to find it too. Where was it? Let me know when you find it. 
Which one are we? Let's, okay. I, mm. We'll just edit out all the silence. Yeah. We're talking about the Lindsay and Halstead scene, right? Is that no, the one no, about? the Kevin and Burgess. Oh, hold on. The nicer than my apartment, that scene? No, no, no. Um, what's his deal? Oh, hold on. Where'd it go? I just had it. Oh, um, it's page eleven. Got it. Okay. Okay, do you want to be Burgess or Atwater? I don't care. <laughs> okay, so here's the deleted scene. Okay, um, I'll be Burgess. Okay, so okay. I'll read the action too. So on their way upstairs, they pass Atwater and Burgess, standing in line with the other uniforms for their squad car assignments. What's the deal with Ruzik? A little jealous. Dude skipped over the patrol and, or, dude skipped over patrol and went right upstairs. Didn't even graduate yet. No, I mean, what's his deal? Atwater gives her a look. Ask his fiance. And scene. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit we got that was uh, not in the episode. I love it, though. Same. Same. Like, Burgess. Like, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like it's not important, obviously. I mean, they cut it out, but like. To know that Burgess has been interested, or, like, from the beginning, essentially had her eyes on Ruzik, which, I mean, we kind of knew, but still. And then Atwater being a little jealous about the whole thing. It's just, it's cute. It is cute. It's pretty cute. It's cute. So, Platt gives Atwater and Burgess the keys to a brand new car, because remember, this is when Atwater and Burgess are, you know, baby Burgewater, and they're still on the beat, and it's adorable. Oh, baby Burgewater. I know. They're so cute. So... Commander Perry's driving this car in a parade, so if they so much as bring it back with a scratch, they're screwed. Okay, if Commander Perry's driving this in a parade, why are you trusting it to Burgess and Atwater? Because they did something good. Remember, they did the, they got the, she said, Platt says she, they did well on that hoarder case, so she's like, here, have something nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, the minute she was like, here, have this super awesome nice car, I was like, well, that's getting destroyed. Nope. So... As they're driving, they come across a young woman. She's in a bikini top, and she's ambling down the sidewalk with blood on her hands. And so she's got, like, a broken beer bottle, and she's, like, slashed herself, and she's, like, slashed herself off across the stomach and, like, all this crazy stuff. Well, she attacks Atwater. And she's basically, like, super strong because she's high on something crazy. And so she attacks Atwater. She, like, rams him into the car, which destroys the car mirror. But Burgess ends up tasing her before something even more serious happens. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that all the girl had on her was a ticket showing that she had just landed at O'Hare from Cabo San Lucas. So she landed at O'Hare, a.k.a. not where Jay was abducted from. <laughs> not only that, though, she had 30 balloons of cocaine in her stomach. 30 balloons in her stomach. She swallowed 30 balloons. I feel like they didn't make that enough of, like, a point. Like, they they all, like, nobody seemed as shocked by that every time they mentioned it. Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, acted, like, so nonchalantly about it. They're like, oh, yeah, 30 balloons inside of cocaine. We need to find the killer. Blah, blah, you know, like, or the drug dealers. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's 30 balloons. Like, what the heck? No, I know. But I think intelligence must see this stuff so often that they're just like, oh, another day, another mule. Okay, but not at this point. I don't know. I don't know. So they're also so new in intelligence. Not not at this point. Not at this point. So <clears throat> one of the balloons broke open and started to dissolve in her stomach, and that's why she went crazy. Because I mean it got like right into her bloodstream. Just crazy. Normal, crazy stuff. So now Birgewater have fucked up the mirror and they are so screwed, these poor little babies. So they can't take it to the police garage because that'll take like a month. But Kevin has a different idea. So Kevin has a friend and basically in exchange for like $500, they'll get it fixed the same day. So they go to this repair place and the guy who works on the car is actually a featured player on Saturday Night Live now. It's Chris Red. Who? I know if you don't watch Saturday Night Live, then you don't know. But um, Chris Red is a he's he's a cast member on Saturday Night Live now, but he is in this episode. 
Very cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I don't watch it. I don't watch it regularly enough to know that's who that is. It was, he was, it was a really familiar face. And I was like, is that? And then I looked it up. So hello, Chris Red. I see you on Chicago PD. Um, now that I like, looked him up, I see, I mean, I see it, but yeah, I would not have known that. Yeah. So Jen does some digging because like, this is when Jen is still alive. So the girl's name, the girl who went crazy on Atwater, that's Amber Morris. And basically four airline tickets total were purchased with Amber's credit card. So basically Amber and three of her friends are all students at Central Chicago University. And Amber's been going back and forth between Cabo. So basically she's she's like a tried and true drug mule. And she's been recruiting her friends to do it with her. What? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even wrap that around my head. Like, that's just crazy. Yep. Yeah. So the team heads out to go to CCU. Voight pulls Jay aside because he and Aaron have like a cute little moment here where they're just like messing with each other. And so Voight's just like, you want to stay in this unit, you'll keep it in your pants. And Jay's face is just like, huh? And just the way he says it, he's like, I didn't know it was out. <laughs> It'll so good. never not be hilarious. Like, it's always going to be funny. So good. So, so good. But also, how is he going to react to Upstead? I mean, at this point, like, everyone in the unit's hooking up with everyone else. Like, I think he's okay with it. I, he doesn't really have as much say as he did with Aaron and Jay. No, and I, the only reason I feel like he acted like this with them is because it's Aaron. And then, obviously, he felt that way about Berzik in the beginning, but, like, he even came around with them. So, like, mm-hmm. I think they're fine. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it's more of, like, at this point, he has bigger things to issue, I mean, to deal with, because, like, Burgess is gonna, about to go on maternity leave at some, you know, death duty, so, like, he has more problems to deal with than if Upstead decides they want to be together. It's true. It's true. It's true. So Hank does say, Hank's like, Aaron's off limits, like, end of discussion. But also, like, it's not really your place, Hank. That didn't hold up, if you ask me. No. 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 So they go to the school, and all three girls are gone, but they find the residence assistant who was attacked. And so she basically says, two guys came, they took Alicia, but that's, like, all she knows. So Antonio hears a girl scream in the parking garage, but, you know, he tries to chase them down, but they escape before he can do anything about it. And so um, Jay and Aaron, they're hanging out in the waiting room at the hospital, and Lindsay mentions needing a drink when this is all over. And just more iconic Linstead, like, sweet sappy adorable stuff and so she's like what do you think are you in and he's like i don't think your dad would enjoy that and just oh what a burn um and yeah she's like what are you talking about he's like what do you think i'm talking about oh they're so cute when they banter they are but i want okay so this is interesting so there's a slight difference in this scene and like from the script the scene was originally supposed to take place at the district and then have them like get called back to the hospital at the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. And originally Lindsay asked him to go with her to this captain Franchetti from the 29th district's retirement party at a bowling alley. And Jay's like, Oh, that sounds like fun, but I don't think your dad would like it. And Lindsay's like my dad. And Jay says, boy, he told me you're off limits. So like still same intentions, but like slight difference. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that in the deleted thing, He's like, he actually says, he's like, boy, like, you know, boy, toy me, you're off limits. Yikes. But again, that would not hold up in a 2019 world. No, not at all. Not at all. Nope. So Jay and Aaron go interrogate Amber and she doesn't want to give up the guy she's smuggling for. And so like, they are really like rough with her and so jay's like are you listening like you're lucky we found you all you're gonna have is a scar in your stomach but your friends will likely od and end up in some alley so just you know linstead taking the soft approach uh, but mm-hmm. she she gives up her, that it was her boyfriend and his brother so they're brothers it's sean and brendan collins and they promised her friends five thousand dollars to go like five thousand dollars to like swallow 30 balloons of cocaine and hope you don't die yeah but when you're 19 like five thousand dollars is a lot of money. Shit, that's horrible. I'm just saying, and a free trip to Cabo. I mean, not that you really got to go down in there and party, but still. But also, like, death. 
dangerous. Goodness. Yeah. So Amber tells them that they hang around this tattoo shop called Underground Inc. So Voight has Alan Ruzik go set up shop there. And so Alan Ruzik go to the store. They stock up on supplies. And it's just like, this is such an iconic Al and Alinsky scene. It's so good. It's just an iconic scene in general. Like, I mean, aside from it being like an iconic Adam and Al partnership scene, like it's an iconic scene in general. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So they stock up on snacks and adult diapers because like, that's hilarious. But like, they're bickering like an old married couple. It's the best thing ever. It's great. But then it gets to a point. I mean, we'll talk about it at the end. Like that end scene is like intense. I know. I know. But, like, we also, we never got enough of these scenes between Adam and Al. I feel like that's the only scene we got where they were, like, bantering and, you know, we were seeing their friendship. We got gypped. We really did. They changed partners and we got gypped. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Yep. So, Antonio interrogates Amber's mom, um, which it happens way later in the script than it does in the episode. But she basically insists that Amber couldn't have done it. But Antonio's like, no, like, she did. That's, That's how it is. And so... Antonio tries to relate to her by talking about Ava, which is, like, really funny now since, like, Ava got kidnapped. You know, he's just like, I have a daughter. She's 13. Like, you can't protect her. And I'm like, nope, nope, you can't. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Nope. And if she's 13 in season one, so she's, like, 19 or 20 now, which is nuts. I know. Crazy. So crazy. So crazy. So Al and Alinsky, they're still in their stakeout, and Wendy keeps calling. I originally thought this was the episode where Wendy kept sending him naked pictures, but that's a different episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, Al is like, Al's pretty tough with him, and Al's just like, you keep your eye on the task at hand, like, ignore the call, put that down, like, stop. And so Ruzik's like, oh, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. So in the bullpen, Voight tells everyone to keep digging and Lindsay asks to speak with him one-on-one. And so Lindsay just like lays it out and she's like, listen, the overprotective father bit, that was cute, but like you can't tell me who I can and can't hang out with. Um, And so he's eventually just like, my unit, my rules. Like that, no, that does not, does not hold up. No, but I think, I mean, too, like this is again, like another iconic line, I mean, an iconic moment because, you know, Voight telling her, that like you've left a trail of broken hearts behind you ever since you're 15 and that like he is doing it more not even necessarily to protect protect Lindsay although I think it's a majority to protect Lindsay but like also to protect Halstead because he said from the beginning that like Lindsay he doesn't think Lindsay can be in like a relationship which like fast forward five seasons and you know and she's gone right but yeah I just, you know, it's another iconic moment. Yeah. Iconic lines. It is. It is. So they get a ping on Brendan Collins' van and they go after it. And there's like an epic car chase. It's just like, yeah. And I love in the script too how like that car chase, it's not just like the cars zip around. They drive. It's like, no, this car goes left on this street. That car goes left on that street. You know, there's like horns and sirens. And at this moment, this happens. It's like very choreographed. Well, and it's so fun too because obviously when we did the last episode we did with the script was the med backdoor pilot mm-hmm. and that doesn't really have action sequences and so it was like really fun to read the all the descriptions for the action action sequences yeah because like said like they are so descriptive and it is like you know this happens in this it's like all so planned out and like i don't know it's just cool to read it yeah very cool yeah <clears throat> so the van gets crushed into by a truck and brendan collins is dead and so they look in the back for the girls, and it's empty. So Ruzik and Al are still on this roof, still on stakeout. Ruzik is so bored because, like, he's a baby. He's just, you know, he's just, like, he he's so brand new that he's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, let's go. And so he has no patience. He really doesn't. No, he doesn't. Which, like, I mean, it seems, now looking back on it, it's just like, damn, like, Al was so hard on him. But also, that was definitely Al trying to mold adam into the copy is now oh yeah 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 so adam tries to slip away to call wendy um but al catches him and throws his phone off the roof like that's <laughs> yeah that's a, that's one way to get his attention i'd be pissed but yeah that'll do it yeah. so yeah. the Bergewaters, they're hanging out at the garage they get a phone call and it's 10 blocks away, but since they don't have the car, like, they have to run because they can't tell anybody that, you know, we fucked up the car. Um, so they get to the store. It's like a convenience store. And there was a woman that was stealing a loaf of bread to feed her kid because she didn't have money. 
And so this guy is like being a total asshole and Bergewater kind of flipped the script on him. And so um, I do love when he's talking about the real police and Burgess is like, oh, you want the real police? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just our little babies. They're just so cute. Um, yeah. So, Brandon, do you want to take it a little from here? Yeah. So Lindsay goes and meets up with Justin outside the 21st because Justin forgot his wallet in her car. So they meet up. She gives it back to him. And, like, you can, he's still, like, annoyed with Jay's presence. He, like, made some snarky line about Jay and Jay's not even around. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, clearly jealous. <laughs> and Lindsay's like, why aren't you at your CTA training class? You know, like, you know, we pulled a lot of strings to get you in. And he's like, I don't have my ID. Chill. Like, it's fine. I rescheduled it for next week. Whatever. And she's like, I'm just concerned about you. You know, whatever. And she's even more concerned, though, when she sees his friend pull up to pick him up. And worries that, like, he's going to get in trouble. He's like, no, fam, like, everything's good, you know. It's just a friend, someone I met in jail. Like, But it's we're all good, you know. Um, which, like, ugh, Justin. I know. Poor naive Justin. Poor naive Justin. Justin. So, Voight and Halstead stop by the social club. And go talk to Gavin Collins, who is the uncle of Brendan and Sean. And... My, one of my favorite lines, though, is from Gavin. He's like, this morning I had two nephews. Hank, you want to explain that to me? Like, how that, like, how that I now have one? And Void's like, no, no, I'm good. Um, and Void, of course, goes all Void on him and then, you know, like, sticks him, like, puts his face to the floor and, like, you know, just all Void things. That is and some ninja just, shit that he does with the pool stick, though. I know. It's crazy. You think we would taught never him that? Probably. <laughs> Probably. And he just, like, you know, has, like, Halstead just, like, looks on, because, like, again, earlier in the episode, Halstead's like, I don't know, like, do I go along with this? Do I say something about this? Like, I don't really know how I feel about all this. Um, and Boyd's just like, you're gonna give me the address of their stash house now. Or, you know, boom. Bye, bye-bye. <laughs> Jay was so terrified. Yeah, I know. So then cut to, we don't really get his answer, but like cut to intelligence rolling up to the stash house and breaking in. So clearly he gets them to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find there, you know, like a makeshift lab full of materials to cut some take cocaine. And of course they also find a dead body of Megan Benson. So like now we're down to two girls. And so the Emmys, like, you know, whoever did this, like cut into the, condom balloons and destroy the cocaine so like there's no way now that Collins can't afford to do that to the other two girls so like they have to be super careful did you recognize the Emmy no not until you made that comment in the outline yeah she's the same one that Kevin flirted with in 501 in 501 or 601 I thought it was 501 the episode after Aaron leaves Lindsay leaves is that it? I and Jay shoots the girl? So I think long. so. I haven't watched that in so long. It was on USA the other day. See, I never catch those marathons, like, ever. I don't know what I was doing that I caught it, but I did catch it. Yeah. Um, but no, I did not watch it. But it, I don't know. It seems weird that, like, they would have such gaps in between and, like, bring her back. Well, I think she's been back, like, more times between 501 and that episode, but she's the one that Kevin had that hot minute with. Interesting. Where's she been? Bring her back. Yeah. Well, no. She can stay away now because we have Rojas, but still. Yeah, but, like, I thought they were going to give us Atwater and Rojas, and then they didn't. I know. But, like, it came out of Rick Guide's mouth that Atwater is getting a romance, so, like, it better still happen. Okay. I'm just saying. We're waiting. Yeah. Just like we're waiting for Dr. Marcel to save Jay's life. <laughs> just like we're waiting for Upset to get together, too. You know, we're waiting for a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Boyd gets a text while they're still on the scene about some business and gives everyone kind of gives him a weird look. But he's like, you know, you guys go about it. Business is normal. I'll be back later. They go back to the bullpen. And Jen was able to pull the call history from Brendan's phone. Wait, hold on, Gina, before I go on. You're recording again, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. <laughs> okay. 
So we go back to the bullpen, and Jen was able to call, pull the call history for Brendan's phone. He made Sean, made calls to Sean, of course, but also a bunch of calls to this guy named Ryan Porter. And Porter has a long rap sheet. He, you know, also worked for, as a paramedic for three different companies and, of course, was fired from them all. Of course. Of course. And so Antonio was like, oh, I bet he's a play doctor, you know. And everyone's like, huh? And he's like, oh, you know, those EMTs who work for private ambulance companies, like, they barely make a bunch of money. They don't really make a bunch of money. So the ones who want to make extra cash sometimes provide under-the-table services. You know, like patching up gangbangers or, you know, cutting into girls to get the condoms of cocaine out. But, you know, And to think, Gabby considered going private for a hot second. Oh, yeah, TBT. TBT. Yeah. So... This business that Void had to attend to, he goes to see Gratishar and McPherson at a hotel. And they basically corner him. And they're like, you know, we heard what you did to Collins at the social club. And they basically, like, want to put him on blast. They're, like, accusing him of going against his deal and, you know, all this stuff. McPherson even says, he's like, you know, the only reason you got your badge back is because of your arrangement with IA and the state's attorney. And Gratishar's like, you're going backwards. Like, at this rate, unless you get us some heavy cases on paper, like, you're done. And Voight's like, I don't really have time for this right now. I'm going to walk out and, like, not say anything. Voight out. Yeah. But actually, though. <laughs> um, and so then we go back to Burgess and Atwater. They get their car back. It's all fixed. She would never know anything was wrong with it. Um, and they give him at first $250. And, you know, that's all they really have. But because of what Burgess did for the woman at the store, the guy gives him a discount. And like, he's like, I'll take the 250 No big deal. See what being a good citizen gets you? Mm-hmm. Discounts on, you know. This is why we right love thing. Burgess. Why we love her. Mm-hmm. So Rusick and Al get a text from Jen with a picture of Porter. And, like, there's a really funny line at this point, too. Rusick, or Al mentions, he's like, oh, we got a text from, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Rusick's like, oh, great, let me look at my phone. Oh, wait, I don't have it. (laughs) Whatever, something like that. But it's just like, again, another good comedy moment. There's so much comedy interspersed in this episode. I know, it's so good. And of course, you know, all of a sudden, a car pulls up, a driver gets out with an EMT bag. Oh, something's happening. And then another car pulls up, and out gets Collins and the two girls. Oh my gosh, like, stuff is happening, people. So they hear a woman scream. They like go down to closer to the tattoo shop and they finally hear a woman scream and Ruzik reacts and goes in. Although Al told him not to, they mm-hmm. told him for backup and Ruzik did not listen. Oh, our little hot headed Ruzik. Yeah. So he finds Porter scalpel in hand, like cutting into one of the girls. Al of course went in after him. And so, they work together. They finally get a hold of Porter and Collins. There's another thug there, or guy, whatever, who, like, escapes out the back, but Burgess and Atwater chase after him and handle that shit. <laughs> um, and so much so that, like, Voight even compliments Burgess and Atwater. He's like, you know, that's the kind of effort that'll get you into my unit. Like, and they do their handshake that they still do to this day. I know. It's so cute. Precious. Also, just, like, TBT is the time that, like, they were fighting for a place in intelligence. Like, it's kind of weird to think about the fact that they were never, or they were once not in intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just weird to think about sometimes. It is. It's so weird. Um, but, of course, like, they're walking away. And then, of course, magically, some cinder blocks fall from some scaffolding right onto the patrol car and, like, dent it. Mm-hmm. Like, they were so close. Baby Bridgewater. So yeah. And of course, like, they pull back into the 21st later, and Platt is not pleased at all. She just, like, gives them a disappointing look. Like, I love when Burgess is like, Well, the good news is nobody was injured. And Platt's like, Yeah, not <laughs> yet. Yeah. <sighs> love it. So later that night, Voight shows up to Lindsay's, and he's concerned about Justin. He has been apparently been tracking Justin's cell. And Boyd, even at one point, like, has a folder with, like, a mugshot, and he pulls it out, and it's this guy, Joseph Catalano, who was the friend that Aaron saw pick up Justin earlier that day. And Boyd's like, you know, he was in state full with Justin and got paroled last week, and he's like, you know, I thought you were doing a better 
I told you to keep an eye on Justin. And Aaron's like, I am, you know, whatever. So she ends up sending Jim or sending Boyd home and like says, she's like, I'll keep an eye on Justin. I promise. Okay. See, but here's my as, deal with this. That bothers yeah. me. It's like, Justin's not Aaron's kid. Why isn't Hank keeping track of him? I think it's because there's a trust issue there. Like, it, Justin trusts Aaron. But he and doesn't so, trust Hank. Right. Man. Especially since, I think especially after, because, you know, Justin's still fresh out of jail. Right. And Justin thought he was going to be able to escape jail because of Boyd and then wasn't able to. Oh, true. And so I think Justin feels a little betrayed at this moment. Man, we got to cover Voight's first episode on fire. I know. I was just thinking about that. We really need to watch that episode. Oh, my goodness. That'll be crazy. Yeah. So we go back into Lindsay's apartment, and we see that Jay is there. Ah! And one of the things that I love from the script direction was that, like, it says, like, Lindsay steps to him close enough to kiss. Like, I just love that direction. I know. It's so good. Yeah. And they have this moment, and she's just like, you know, I think I really need to go handle something, but, like, thank you for being there. Like, it really means a lot, whatever. And he's like, you've always been, he's like, you've been there for me before. And it's just like, precious babies. Precious, precious babies. And then the episode after this one is the uh, maybe one day, okay, definitely. Yes. Yeah, 106. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Baby Linstead was so cute when they were just, like, attracted to each other and nothing else. I know. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. So, Ruzik shows up to Alinsky's garage. And, like, Ruzik apologizes it, but Al is not having it. He's like, I took a chance on you. There's moments I think you could be great, but other times working with you is like spinning the cylinder in a Russian roulette. He's like know what I wouldn't want you to do like go work Michigan Avenue or some other cushy assignment get married and check out before you kill the both of us harsh harsh but like I think Ruzik needed to hear it yeah and I mean it it definitely turned him into who he is now yeah I mean along with a bunch of other stuff but yes definitely I think it's the first moment that you really get to see this or like you can trace back to being like Ruzik is who he is now because of these things. And, like, I think this would be the first moment. Brenna, you want to hear something crazy? What? Ruzik's gonna be a dad. (laughs) That's wild. Isn't it so crazy? It's like, I don't want to cry, but it's like, I would love to know if Al was still alive, like, how Ruzik and Kim would tell Al, and it's just like, but they don't have to tell him because he's not up here they would definitely go to his house and tell him and he'd be happy to the garage you mean the garage yeah they would definitely ask him to be the godfather too oh 100 percent. would they have two godfathers like instead like because it had like it has to be kevin right oh that's true too yeah maybe they have multiple yeah it would have to be I think so, now, though, they definitely have to name the baby Alexandra or Alexander. Like, you get Allie and Lexi out of that. Yeah, hopefully. It's so <sighs> sad. I know. So, then we go back to the district. Antonio's just walking out. It's raining, and he's approached by Gratishar. And she's just like, I just want to int- formally introduce myself and let you know that you have a confidential place to come to if you ever want to get something off your chest. And Antonio's like... Uh, WTF? (laughs) Like, what makes you think I need to talk? And she's like, you're a good cop. And I hate to see a good cop tainted by a bad one. And it's just like, lordy, lordy lady. I know. I don't miss her at all. No. No, no, no. Me either. Like, she really tried to pull the unit apart before it even was really established. Big time. Big time. Although I still laugh at the whole idea of, you know... They were like, yeah, well, we made you look dirty to get this, like, bring down these big criminals. And just, like, the 360 they had to do when they realized that they were going to spin it off. And they were like, oh, shit, now we have to make Hank likable. It still makes me laugh. But do you think Hank's still likable? Like, do you think Hank now, like, seven seasons into PD, like, is Hank likable? 
it's complicated it's just such it's it's such a tricky question because mm, he does good things but he's got a really fucked up way of going about it and i've talked about it before multiple times that his leadership style really bothers me i think i root for him because i root for everyone else on intelligence Mm -hmm. but like I think if it was Voight amongst, well, no, I actually, I'll say that, like, out of all those characters in Intelligence right now, Voight would be at the bottom for me. Like, I, not that I hate him, but, like, I only root for him because I want to see the rest of Intelligence succeed. Yeah, I see that. And just, he, he tells the unit, you know, it's my job to keep you alive, like, blah, 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 I'm supposed to look out for you, but then he doesn't the things he does are completely opposite that and he you know the 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 people in his unit end up finding themselves in bad spots now granted i'm primarily talking about jay of course but still yeah i it's just interesting to think about like seven seasons later like is void actually likable i don't think so it's it's a tough sell yeah so the last scene ends with Lindsay basically confronting Catalano in a bar and Catalano's like, you know, Justin's my friend. I look out I looked out for him in Stasel, you know, I'm gonna look out for him now and she just like stay away. Like essentially she just like stay away. But there's a slight difference from the script to this scene. So originally in the script, Catalano walks out of the bar, like sees a brick of heroin in the passenger seat and like there's like a cop car across the street and so he kinda gets a little spooked or whatever. And then, like, Lindsay approaches him, and all she says is, like, stay away from him, and then, like, walks off. Hmm. So, like, slight difference. Nice. Yeah. Um, I will say the biggest thing that I noticed, though, from the script to this scene, or to to the final air from the script, is it was more, a lot of the scenes were still there. I mean, there was only one deleted scene, per se. There were a couple deleted lines, but, like mostly it was also there was just all the scenes seemed to be like there was a bunch of scenes out of order yeah i I think that happens in editing right but that's just so fascinating to me that like i don't i wouldn't have noticed any different i think the way that it aired fine was fine but like to notice the difference from like seeing it written on page in one order and then like seeing it aired differently in a different order it's just like so fascinating to me yeah big time the Uh, whole process just like intrigues me yeah well now so too even comparing to the script that we did for the med backdoor pilot i feel like there was more stuff taken out and changed in that episode Mm -hmm. whereas again here it would be funny because i would get to a scene in the script when i was like going through and watching the episode and I was like, oh, that scene's not actually here anymore. And then it would be like, oh, it's actually just like 10 minutes later or whatever. Yeah. So it was more just things out of order in this compared to the other one we did. I feel like it was more stuff that changed. Yeah. I'm like, was the did and whatever. Hmm. But, yeah. So that's, that's, yep. that's 30 Balloons. It's such a good one. I know. It's just, oh, it's a good solid PD episode. They're all such babies. Literal babies, though. Literal babies, but it's the best. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as always, Shyhards, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. We've got a tea Public store. You should definitely check it out. We've got new designs that we're trying to put up as often as possible. Um, also, tell us which designs you want to see, because... <clears throat> I mean, I can only get so far with my brain. It helps to have, you know, input and, you know, make it a collaborative process. So um, if you like the show, which we really hope you do, please, please, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would so greatly appreciate that as it does help other shyhards find the show. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Bryna K13. You guys, this is our last show of 2019. So we will be taking the next two weeks off to enjoy Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's and, you know, all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, you guys take some time with your families. Enjoy. We will be around on Twitter. Like, you're not getting rid of us that easily. So, um, but yeah, Ryan, kudos to another successful year of 
podcasting and fun and family. I know. It's wild. So crazy. I know. It's nuts. But it's been an amazing year. It's been the best ride. And I mean, we're still going. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, the next time you guys will hear from us is probably January 10th when we are probably like crying over the mid-season premieres. Uh, but yeah, so you Kinda guys have tears of joy. Tears of joy because Jay's going to live. And Severide, technically. And Severide, yeah. Severide's just going to be like, can you move, please? I need to get out of this building. And Jimmy Conrad's going to be like, okay, whatever. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Everybody have a happy holiday and a happy new year. And we will see you next year. Bye.